Our scripture this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Roman church, chapter 6, verses 1 through 14. Uh, If you didn't bring a Bible with you and you want to follow along, there's pew Bibles there. It's on page 1,120. And if you don't own a Bible, that Bible is now yours. It's our gift to you. We believe in the power of God's word to change lives. And so we want you to take that home with you so you can further explore God's word. Again, our scripture this morning is Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 14. Romans 6, 1 through 14, Paul writes, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we do? How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been United with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that there that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin, once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Please join me in prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Oh, it's so good to be back. I mean, just. Uh, last Easter, I preached to an empty room. Well, it wasn't empty. We had the praise band here, so, um, but, but it was an empty room. And uh, don't let anyone ever tell you that being together virtually is the same as being together in person. We've learned that the last year. Also, I know this, that the Lord didn't take us through this last year just so we can go back to the way it was. There's some things he really wanted to prune from our lives, so pay close attention to what he did. 
But here as we gather in worship on this day, the Lord's Day, on this Easter Sunday, we do so because the gospel of Jesus Christ is more than just a mental understanding. The gospel of Jesus Christ is more than just coming to a, a mental ascent of saying, yes, Jesus is the Son of God. Yes, Jesus was resurrected. It's more than knowing facts about Jesus. Rather, we are here to worship that we gather on this day because the gospel message is for living. Because Jesus is alive. Jesus is living. And he brought us from death to life, not so that we could walk around dead, but so that we would walk around in abundant life. And so we gather on this Easter Sunday, we gather and we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We gather and we believe that Jesus was both fully human and fully God. We gather and we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God who lived a sinless, perfect life. And that we believe Jesus then went to the cross and suffered and died, put on our sin and gave us his righteousness. He shed his blood as an atonement for our sins. And three days later, was resurrected. We gather and worship today because we believe within the depths of our being that not only was the tomb empty, but that Jesus is alive. And because Jesus is alive, it changes everything in our life. Because if Jesus isn't resurrected, this whole thing falls apart. But Jesus is alive. His death on the cross, sin could not hold him down. He took on the wrath of God so we would not, and that we could live for Christ, no longer living for sin. We gather because Jesus is resurrected bodily, historically, fully resurrected Jesus, fully alive. And for those who have faith in Christ, this deeply impacts our living. As, point, as Paul points out in verse 2, we are now dead to sin. This means it no longer has ruling authority over our lives. Before Christ, sin had dominion over us. Sin is what ruled. Sin was the law. At the end of this, Paul says, we are not under the law, but we are now under grace because the law tells us that we have sinned and fallen short, but the love of God says that he gives us grace and we are now his because of Christ. This is the gospel message that we come to have our lives changed. The one we come to worship him and sing hallelujahs louder and louder and louder and louder. Not just to fill this room, but to fill the heavens. And to fill all of the airspace for those around us. Because of the sufficient work of Jesus Christ. In his death and resurrection, 
Now sin can no longer dominate us as it once did. We now have the ability with the power of the Holy Spirit who resides within us. And Paul gets to that in Romans 8. He talks all about that the Holy Spirit comes to live in our heart. This is a promise and a, and a guarantee of the resurrection that we too will have a resurrection. The Holy Spirit resides in our heart. And with that Holy Spirit, we have the power of God to put sin to the side in our own lives. That we are not slaves to it. It does not control us anymore, but we are free to live. And and free to live for Christ. There's a new power at work. A new ruling authority. And it's the power of God. Paul says in verses 3 and 4. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ. Were baptized into his death. We were buried therefore with him. By baptism into death. In order that just as Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in a newness of life. Our baptism. When we emerge from the water, everything changed. It brings upon us a new spiritual reality. We emerge from the water Alive in Christ. The old is gone. And the new is here. Sin no longer rules. Satan is no longer in charge of our lives. The light and the love of Christ now rules our lives. In this newness of life, Paul here in Romans 6, he really wants us to understand this newness of life. That with the resurrection of Jesus comes this new identity for us. For our old identity was stuck in our old nature. And our nature was as, our, uh, as Adam's. It was a sin nature. To rebel against God. But when we have been put into Christ, our nature is now as his children, adopted and loved forevermore. We have the old self that was once ruled by sin was crucified with Christ. Our sins on that cross as Jesus hung there and suffered and bled and died, our sins hung with him. All of them, past, present, and future. Not just the ones up until you came into faith in Christ and now you must work your tail off in order to get to heaven. That ain't how it works. Sorry for the Texas coming out in me. But that ain't how it works. The sins on the cross were past, present, and future. Romans 5, 8, and God proved his love to us in this way, that while we were yet sinners, when we didn't deserve it, when we were the most ungodly, unholy, rebellious, stiff-necked people that couldn't care less about God, he sought you. He came for you with everything he had, with every bit of love he had, and he sacrificed his son so that you would be with him forever in the presence of 
not of his wrath, but in the presence of his love, an abiding love, a love that is kind, a love that is patient, a love that is gracious, a love that is so generous that when we gaze upon that cross and we see how unworthy we are, we just can't believe that this great God, as David said in his psalm, would be mindful of us. That's why we gather on this day. That's why we gather every Lord's Day, to celebrate the gospel. Because without the gospel, we were slaves to sin. But in our salvation, there's a new you. As Christians, the old self is completely gone. The old understanding, the old ego, the old way of life, it's gone. We now live for God. And what Paul wants to point out in this is that sin no longer rules over us, but our, our falling into sin while we believe in Christ comes because sin still has some power, but mostly it comes because we forget whose we are. We forget that we belong to Christ and that Christ defeated death and sin. So we fall in temptation because we're forgetful. We forget that we belong to Jesus, the King of Kings, Prince of Princes, the light of the world. Now, if you've been united with Christ, raised in this newness of life, and there's this new you, the, your, your sin, as I said, is because we forget whose we are. And so Paul writes, in 8 through 10. Now, if you have died with Christ, we believe we will also live with him. Paul is writing this to Christians in Rome who already know that they are saved by Jesus, but he's writing this to remind them so that they will remind themselves, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him for the death he died. He died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives for God. Paul writes to Christians in Rome and he writes the gospel message to them and tells them the reason sin still happens in our lives is because we forget to preach the gospel to ourselves in our lives. To remember that on that cross our sin hangs and the tomb was empty and his love reigns. Love reigns. So in that verse 11, Paul then tells us our new identity. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Why? Because you are in Christ, you are the most privileged in all the world. There is none as privileged as you. Upon his death, we were reconciled to God. We were justified, given new legal standing. And so he tells us, remember you belong to Christ because being dead to sin is now your legal right. Dead to sin, raised to life. To use it, to remember it, to live it, and to enjoy it. 
to be alive in God? Well, it's to grow in love as we grow in a distaste for sin. And as we get closer to the Father, we get closer to Him, we see just that. The Father's love. The closer we get to the Father, the more we understand our own sinfulness, our own falling short, our own frailties and failures. But he wants us to remember this. You're dead to those sins, and you're alive in Christ. Why? Because the tomb is empty, and he is alive. Because he is risen. Because he's risen. Yeah, come on. Let's, we're going to talk back and forth here, y'all. He is risen. Yes, because he is risen indeed, we are dead to sin and alive to God, and we are now free from sin to live our lives as a sacrifice for God, holy and for him with every step we take, for every day that we go forth, every week and every year that comes before us. Remind yourself, I belong to Jesus, and because you belong to Jesus, well, you get to walk in the light and the love the rest of your life, for there is nothing, nothing in Romans 8, at the end of Romans 8, he says, there is nothing in all creation, nothing above the earth or on earth or below the earth, nor depths, nor heights that will ever separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you. That is why we gather to celebrate the gospel. Amen.